open with me to the book of Matthew. And so, so I've wrestled with this back and forth somewhat, but we're just going to do it. We're going to do it, all right? Matthew chapter 1, talking about believe, okay? We're talking about believe all month. Matthew chapter 1, and I know I only have a few verses listed that's going to appear on the screens, but I'm going to read this whole story, okay? Verse 18, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. And did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Can we say amen? amen? I want to talk about Joseph this morning and his role in the birth story and, his, and, and what he has to do to make it happen. And it all involves believing. But how many knows that if you believe, if you believe something, it will come out in your actions? If you believe something, it will come out in your actions. Because you can believe in your head and just mentally assent to certain things. But does it really get down into your heart and spirit and change the way you act? And so I want to look at one, one word this morning, the word obedience. The word obedience. You know, Joseph, he's known as the silent man in the nativity scene. He's known as the silent man in the nativity scene because we don't really hear anything of him. This is it, pretty much. And after this point, you never hear of him again. After Jesus is dedicated in the temple, he and Mary take Jesus to the temple. Then after that, he's not around. We think he probably died because Mary seems to be alone. And then at the death of Jesus on the cross, he looks at John and basically tells John to take care of Mary. And then according to church history... John does take care of Mary. John moves, according to history, to the city of Ephesus, which is in uh, Asia Minor, and Mary goes with him. And there's a house there called the House of Mary. And uh, I didn't get to go there, but I went to the church of St. John, which is named after John because I believed he lived there. And Anyhow, very interesting story. So we don't hear of Joseph, really, after the dedication in the temple. But Joseph plays a key role. First of all, he plays a key role in the genealogy of Jesus because Jesus was to be of the line of Judah, be of the line of Abraham, David, and all of that, be of the line of the kings. And so Joseph was perfectly in that line. And even though he isn't the biological father of Jesus, he is the legal father of Jesus and accomplishes that prophetic word in his life. Amen? 
But there's something I want to look at here, and that is how he comes about the decision to stay with Mary and what it requires of him. First thing, he was obedient. He was obedient. He obeyed the Lord and what the Lord wanted him to do. In the Old Testament, many of the promises God gave to Israel were hinged and based upon their obedience to God. Even looking at the promises made to Abraham. If some of you have been tracking with me on Wednesday nights, you know I've been teaching through the life of Abraham. And Abraham, it, it over and over and over, he has to obey God at certain points, and God reiterates covenant promises to him along the way. And then this past Wednesday, we talked about Abraham taking Isaac up on the mountain and offering him as a sacrifice. And right after he does that, if you know the story, he doesn't actually sacrifice Isaac, but the angel of the Lord appears and stops him and says, don't do this thing. You've, you've obeyed God, and that's all God asks of you. And then the angel says, because you have done this thing, because you have obeyed, I in blessing, I will bless you. And then he reiterates the covenant promises. But I saw it more than ever. It was hinged on his obedience. Notice in Exodus chapter 19, when Moses took the children of Israel to Sinai to learn of God and receive the commandments. The Bible says, Moses went up to God and the Lord called to him from the mountain saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob and tell the house of Israel, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you out on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for the earth is mine, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Deuteronomy 28, again, as the second law is given to Israel, now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all His commandments which I command you, that the Lord you, your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and shall overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Can somebody shout amen? You may be saying, yeah, but Pastor Hans, that's Old Testament. In the New Testament, we don't have to obey God. Well, no, you have to obey God in the New Testament too. You know, your faith is exemplified or exhibited by what you do. It's not just in your head. It comes out in your actions. John 15, 14, Jesus said, You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Jesus said in John 14, 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. 2 John 1, 6, This is love that we walk according to His commandments. This is the commandment that you've heard from the beginning. You should walk in it. This is the commandment. This is what we do. We walk out in love. Luke eleven twenty eight. 28, Jesus replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. James 1.25, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, will be blessed in what they do. 1 Peter 1.14, As obedient children, don't conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Be obedient to the new life. I love what Jack Hayford said years ago. He said, live out your baptism. 
A lot of people think we just get baptized and we're good to go and don't need to do anything else. But no, we really should live in the power of that baptism. We should live in the obedience of serving Christ because it's a joy now. It's a joy to obey the Lord. And it's the easiest thing you can do. It's the easiest way. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. But Jesus said, learn of me. Take my yoke upon you for my burden is... My burden is light. My burden is light. I'm not weighing you down with a bunch of stuff. Really, the the righteous, holy life is the best life you can live. And it's really the easy way. Now, you know, you have to make hard calls sometimes and choices, but when you decide to serve God, it's the better way. Paul said, I show unto you a more excellent way, the way of love. Can somebody shout amen? Think about the power of obedience in 1 Samuel 15, when Saul was commanded by Samuel and the Lord to go down to a certain place and to kill the king and the army and every living thing. God wanted it wiped out. Well, when Saul came back, he hadn't obeyed the Lord fully. He brought back the king and he brought back some of the choicest cattle and all that. And the prophet Samuel knew it and he came to visit him that day. And when he came there, he said, have you done all that the Lord said to do? Saul said, yes, sir, done it all. Samuel said, then what is the bleeding of the sheep I hear in my hearing? And one of the the freakiest verses in all the Bible, he says, bring the king out. And they bring the king Agag out. And Samuel takes a knife and cuts that king into pieces. It's, it's what, he's the man of God, but yet what he's doing is he's obeying God to the nth degree. And at that moment, the anointing left Saul, and then the anointing came upon David for the kingdom, or in that vicinity of time. It's, it's a pivot that happens in 1 Samuel chapter 17 and 16. You see it, the anointing is taken off Samuel and placed upon David. Here David becomes the new king and the ultimate king of Israel, really. It means something to walk with God in obedience. Is anybody awake in this house this morning? It mean, look at your neighbor and say, it means something to obey God. You know what it means? If you obey God... You can walk with Him. Remember the story of Enoch? Enoch walked with God and was not. He walked in evidently perfect obedience to the Lord. And if you're walking in obedience, doing what He says do, you can walk with Him. I don't want to be behind the Lord trying to figure out what He's doing. I don't want to be out in front of Him headstrong doing my own thing. I want to be walking right with Him. Him speaking to me, me hearing his voice, me knowing what he wants to do in the next minute, in the next second. Enoch walked with God and was not, for God took him, the Bible says. I don't know what that must have been like, but think about it. He was communing with the Lord. He loved the Lord. He's walking with the Lord, and maybe he was so obedient to God that one day God said, how would you like to just come home? How about not going home tonight to your house? How about just stepping on over with me? And he walked on into the presence of the Lord. Can somebody shout amen? When you're obedient, you can obey God's voice. The ability to hear God's voice and obey is a blessing that belongs to the children of God. The world can't discern this. You and I can discern His voice. And when we are walking with Him, we have the blessing of being able to hear His voice 
and know His voice, and we have the spiritual nature through His Word, His Holy Spirit, the wisdom He gives us through counselors and ministers and friends that we can hear His voice and we can obey His voice. I'm telling you, one of the greatest skills, I'll say, you can learn in this life is to hear the voice of God and obey it. i never forget when I took my daughters to Oral Roberts University. They both went to ORU and graduated from there. Really, the mission statement that God gave Oral Roberts when he started that university was, let this be a place where the students learn to hear my voice. Let it be a place where they learn to hear my voice. It's a, what, what greater skill set can you develop than to learn to hear the voice of God. I'll read the lives of great men and women of God, great missionaries, and, it, and usually their lives come down to one big thing. They loved God with all their heart and they did whatsoever He told them to do. Even when others didn't agree with it, others didn't understand it, they still did what God said to do. I think about uh, uh, William Carey, who we call the father of modern missions in the 1700s. He was an English shoe cobbler. And he was a common man, and he went to his church board or his denominational board, and he asked them, would you send me as a missionary to India? And they were pretty reformed in their thinking, and they said, my God, son, if God wants to win the heathen, he certainly don't need our help. So he said, fine. And he went to another group that would send him, and he eventually went and became the father of modern missions, developing mission work in the, in the nation of India. Hallelujah. I think of a modern church of God lady. She wanted to go on the mission field years ago in the early 20th century, and they didn't think she should go because she was a single woman. Well, she went anyhow. And she developed one of the greatest mission works in the West Bank and Palestine that, uh, that, that's known over there. Amen? Because she was determined to obey the voice of God no matter what the men said. Well, somebody shout, some, well, uh, somebody just shout amen at that. Hallelujah. Come on, say, I want to do what, whatever God says do. I want to be obedient. You say, yeah, but Pastor Hans, I've, I've messed that up so bad. I don't know. I don't know. You know, you got another chance at it. Hallelujah. He's the God of a second chance. You, can, you, can, you got a new start this morning. His mercies are new. Can we shout amen? amen? By learning to be obedient, you enter into the realm of blessing that God has for you. God told Joshua, if you study this book, and you meditate on it day and night, you'll be, and be sure to do everything and obey everything written in it, I will cause you to have great success, and I will prosper you. So really, prosperity hinges upon us obeying what God says do. You had an opportunity just a few minutes ago to obey the Lord. We talked about it last week, receiving a global outreach offering. And if God spoke to you to do something, you should have obeyed Him. And you say, but Pastor Hans, I missed it. No, we'll still receive your offering. We'll still receive it. I believe in that. I believe when we receive offerings, ask the Lord what He would have you give. I don't like being pressured. I like asking the Lord what He would have me do. And then let God speak to me, and then I'll be obedient to that, and I know I'm walking in the blessing. If you pass someone in Walmart and you feel God is leading you to pray for them, stop and pray for them. You say, but what if they don't receive me? That isn't your deal. That isn't your responsibility. Your responsibility was just to make the ask. Because if God asked you to do that and you felt it, go ahead and do it. You say, what if I don't know it's the Lord? Go ahead and try it anyhow. 
Go ahead and test the Word. Just go ahead and test what God gives you. If you feel you start hearing stuff, go ahead and put that stuff to the test, and you'll learn after a while if it's really the voice of God speaking to you or not. Can somebody shout amen? It's like this morning, I felt, I felt the Spirit of God was moving in such a powerful way. I just felt, go up there and ask people if they would like to be baptized in the Spirit. So I hesitated about it. I saw my daughter Alex coming up. I thought, hold on, I better cut her off at the pass. I better get up there and do this thing because I knew if I didn't do that, I was going to sit here and preach with that in the back of my mind that I didn't do what I've heard to do. When you're obedient to God, you're really choosing God's best. You're really choosing God's best. When you walk in obedience, you walk in the blessing He has, not outside the blessing. And when we're obedient to what He says do, we're really choosing the best thing we could choose. Come now, settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. If you will only obey me, you will have plenty to eat. How many wants plenty to eat? (laughs) But if you turn away and refuse to listen, you'll be devoured by the sword of your enemies. I know this is Old Testament, and I know he's talking to Israel, but there's a principle here. There's a blessing and a prosperity in learning to obey him. Can somebody shout amen? And finally, when you obey Him, you're trusting God to be God. Because when you obey what God is saying to you, you kind of step out of the driver's seat and you're letting God pilot your ship. Amen? You know that thing, God is my co-pilot? That's really incorrect. God should be your pilot. You should be the co-pilot. Right? God is the pilot. He's the navigator. He's the one giving direction. And when you choose to obey Him, you really are trusting Him to be God. Well, God said I should give $1,000 to somebody. Okay? All you have to say is yes. But when we step in the driver's seat, we start thinking, but yeah, I could use that at Christmas time. I could invest that 1000 why is God really saying a thousand anyhow? And then we, we get in the driver's seat and start arguing with what the Lord has already said. We should just get out of the driver's seat and just do it and let Him deal with it. I'm preaching to somebody in here. Hallelujah. If God says do it, just do it. Well, somebody shout amen. Joseph was obedient. And listen to this. He was obedient in the face of possible ridicule. Because the Bible says that he was betrothed to Mary. Now betrothal in Bible times involved a financial commitment between the families. It lasted about a year in the Galilee and couples were not allowed to be alone together until the wedding night. So you were truly having a long distance relationship without cell phones. But you had already made a financial commitment. So it is possible that Joseph didn't know Mary all that well. Maybe the families had helped put them together and they weren't like dating every night. So a betrothal could only be ended by the death of one of the partners or a divorce agreement. Now listen to this. The only way you could get a divorce agreement was if unfaithfulness was committed and one of the parties wanted to bow out 
then you could write a, 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 an agreement of divorce. But a Jewish man who divorced a faithful wife had to refund all the money that she brought into the marriage. This is ancient culture, okay? In the case of an unfaithful wife, the husband could keep the money, plus he was entitled to a refund of any of the money that may have been paid the father of the bride. So Joseph could have profited financially by divorcing Mary and cutting off the betrothal. This had to be done in front of an elder, and obviously Joseph didn't want to bring Mary in front of an elder and bring her out in public and do this kind of thing. So he just thought, I'll just do it privately. She's pregnant. This is ridiculous. This is going to look terrible on me. What is going on? I'm just going to do this thing privately. But an angel visits him. Thank God for godly dreams. An angel comes in the dream and talks to Joseph. Says, don't do this thing. Because that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Don't do this thing. So what's he do? He wakes up and he obeys God. And he decides, listen church, he decides to embrace her shame. And he decides to assume responsibility for her and the baby. They might become the gossip of the local village. They might be talked about. What have this couple, what's this couple been doing? They've broken all societal norms of the day. But he would rather obey God He decided he would rather obey God and risk being talked about than not obey God. Are you hearing me this morning? He decided he would rather obey God and risk being talked about and risk being ridiculed than not obey God. This is a message for us in here this morning. We need to better we better make up our mind to choose to obey God even if it causes some talk in the town. Hallelujah. Rather than not obey God and try to fit in with the crowd and go according to societal norms. God's calling us to be different. So so obeying God sometimes invites some gossip. Think about the three Hebrew boys in Daniel chapter 3. The king set up an image, and the, the decree was made by the king. When the music is played, everyone in the kingdom must bow down and worship this image of gold. But here, these three boys were friends of Daniel. They had been brought out of Israel. They were committed Jews, and they were trained under the king, but they wouldn't eat the king's meat. They didn't get get into the dietary plan of the king. They kept the Jewish dietary laws, and they turned out to be far head and shoulders above the rest of the guys. And so they knew that God was to be obeyed and that His way was the best and choosing Him was choosing the blessing. So when it came down to worship this golden idol, when the music began to play, these boys had already pre-decided, we're not going to bow down. See, if you go ahead and make up your mind you're going to obey God, there's not that much dilly-dallying when the decision comes down to do it. You've already made up your mind you're not going to do it. Speak it out. Declare it. Make a statement. I will not do this. I will not disobey the Lord in this, in this part of my life. I will not do it. And, if you, and maybe tell some folks so they know when they get around you how you're going to act. I'm giving you some good wisdom here, folks, that they know this guy is not going to bow. He's not going to give in. He's not going to uh, crush under pressure. He's going to obey God no matter what that means. 
So what happens? The music begins to play, and I don't know what the scenario looks like, but I have an image in my mind that I like to play. And that is, I like to think that there was a big public square with hundreds or thousands of people milling around. And then the music plays, and everyone hits their face and bows down in the direction of this idol, except these three boys. And I can just imagine them standing there like, Like they're standing out. And then so the, the authorities bring them before the king and everybody's ticked off and mad and they're going to throw them into the furnace and they crank the furnace up hotter and, and the king kind of chastises those boys and the boys look back and say, King, <laughs> King, wish you good health. Wish you all kinds of favor. But you know what? We're not going to bow to your idol. Our God is more than able to deliver us, but no matter what happens out of this, we're still not going to bow to that stupid idol. We already made up our minds. We're going to obey God no matter what it looks like, no matter who we tick off, no matter. We're going to obey God, hallelujah, even if it breaks the law of the land. If obeying God is above the law of the land, I'll choose to obey God. Oh, come on, somebody, hallelujah. If obeying God is against CNN, I'm going to obey God. If obeying God's against Fox News, I'm going to obey God rather than obey Fox. Come on, somebody, hallelujah. And what did they do? They go into the fire, and the men taking them into the fire were burned alive. And, and the king looks over into the fire, and he still sees them alive moving around in the fire. And then he says, I see one and two and three, and oh my word, there's one like unto the Son of God in the fire with them. And when they came out, it doesn't say they were naked. I kind of think they had their clothes on. The only thing burned off them were the bonds. The chains or the ropes that were used to tie them. Oh, hallelujah. And they were blessed because they chose to obey God. And when you obey God, if you do end up in some kind of issue, God's going to be in the fire with you. You're going to come out without the smell of smoke. And the only thing burned off is going to be the bondages that the devil tried to bind you with to put you in the fire. Come on, look at somebody and shout, Obey the Lord. Now what gets me here is at the end of this story, it says in verse 24 that Joseph being aroused from sleep did, can everybody say did? did, even though at first he was wrestling with the decision to put it away, didn't understand everything, could you imagine being in his shoes, but then once he got this revelation, once God spoke to him, he woke up and his feet hit the floor, he went about, it sounds like to me he did it immediately. It just sounds like to me there was an immediate obedience on Joseph's part. And I'm telling you, there's something about being quick to obey the Lord. There's something about being quick to obey the Lord. I noticed, as I mentioned back with the sacrifice of Isaac back in Genesis 22, when we talked about this Wednesday night, one thing that, that I noticed as I was reading through this story was that when the Lord spoke to Abram or Abraham, to go sacrifice his child, he speaks to him and he says, here am I. And he says, go sacrifice your child. I mean, this was the promised child. This was the child that all of his hopes and dreams were wrapped up in. This is the one that's going to carry on the covenant. Go sacrifice him. Yes, sir. He had gotten to the point in his life where he just 
He was, he was there. He was a hundred, but he was there. He was there ready to obey God. And then there's another theme. He says, well, the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. Here am I. The Lord will provide. Then his son says, Dad. And he says, yes, here am I. And he says, where's the sacrifice? We have the wood and we have the fire. He says, the Lord will provide. Then the angel comes. Here am I. He was available and ready and immediate to obey God all through this passage. I, I, I just think, I think we need to get to that point. Not, not saying I have arrived, but I'm trying. That when I hear the Lord speak, I want to do what He says. I want to do what He says. I really, Martin Luther said this. He said, a true believer will crucify or put to death the question, why? He will simply obey without questioning. Martin Luther said that. Listen, a true believer will crucify or put to death the question why. He will simply obey without questioning. Luther said, I refuse to be one of those people who, unless I see miraculous signs and wonders, will never believe. I will obey without questioning. I will obey without questioning. Psalm 119.60, I made haste and did not delay to keep your commandments. I made haste and did not delay to keep your commandments. Oh, hallelujah. I've thought about the lives of many great men and women of God that I've been able to have as friends in my life. I, one thing I've admired about some of these people is when they hear God, they do it. No matter how much faith it takes, no matter how much ridicule it might bring on, if God says it, we do it. If God says it, we do it. I, was, I don't know why I'm talking about Oral Roberts so much this morning, but I was out a few years ago visiting one of my daughters at school, and I have a professor friend on staff there, and uh, he asked me, he said, Let, could we have coffee together, Hans? I said, yes, and met him for coffee, and we had great discussion. And then he said, let me show you around. And we walked into the place where they have the offices, and we walked all the way up to the top floor where Oral Roberts had his offices. And up there, there's this big picture of Oral and certain businessmen in the Tulsa area, and they're breaking ground, I think, on a piece of property or something like that. And this very intellectual professor looked at me and said, gosh, I miss that guy. He said he was just, I think he said, a crazy charismatic. That was the kind of guy, when God spoke something, he just went and did it. I thought about it. Just a crazy charismatic that when God spoke something, he just went and did it. We have enough people who aren't radical enough in obeying what God says. How about let's be in that radical crowd? How about let's be in that crowd when God says something, we just start doing it without questioning why, and God got to give me 15 signs, and got to do this, and got to do that. How about we just do what he says do and just deal with it? And I'm preaching to Hans more than anyone in this room. Hallelujah. So y'all can amen and shout on me, right? Come on. But I just, why don't we just start obeying God? And I believe the more we obey him and the less we question him, the more we'll walk in the blessings and see the openness of what God wants to bring into our lives. Can somebody shout hallelujah? Come on, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I have, I have a friend, and he's preached here for us a couple times through the years, and he really had a desire to pray for the sick. And he said, I just started going into Walmart and just start tapping people on the shoulder. He said, I would feel something. He said, I remember one of the first times I ever did this. 
I just went up to a lady and I tapped her on the shoulder and said, Ma'am, are you wrestling with a kidney problem? She said, No. He said, Okay, thank you. He said, I crash and burn so many times, man. But I just kept obeying God. I just kept doing what I felt in my heart. I just kept witnessing the people. And then he said, he said, he gave this testimony here on Wednesday night. He said, I was in a meeting one night. And he said, I saw the glory cloud roll in the meeting. I don't know if he saw smoke in the room, if he saw. But he said, I know, my friend's very educated, very smart guy. But he said, I saw the glory cloud roll in. And he said, after that night, I started going out on the streets and people started getting healed. Then he started taking teams all over America and other countries of the world. He said, we became known as the wheelchair chasers in Walmart. When we saw people, we would just go say, would you like prayer? Not screaming, yelling, just would you like prayer? We're going to pray for you in the name of Jesus. And and the results are left up to God. You know, we get mixed up thinking that we're responsible for all the results I want to set you free from that. You're just responsible to obey God. Just do what He says do. Say what He says say. Think about Moses. I mean, Moses had been on the backside of the desert 40 years and, and, and running as a, ref, a refugee, really, because he was, he was a fugitive. Really. And he's running, and then God speaks to him to go back. And when he goes back, he goes back, and all he does is show up with a shepherd's staff and the word of the Lord. A shepherd's staff and the word of the Lord. And even in that, he wasn't confident he could speak. I don't know if he stuttered or he was just didn't have the confidence. I don't know what his problem was. But when he shows up, he goes before arguably the most powerful king in all the world. And he says, Pharaoh, God says, let my people go. Thank you very much. That's obedience, my friend. That's obedience. That's when you've been wrung out and you just know you, he's just, he, was, he was putting his neck in the guillotine. He was risking his life going back, standing before Pharaoh and, and saying that kind of, he risked it all. But look what happened. God came on his obedience. And God started showing miracles and signs and wonders because God gave him a word. And if God gives a word, it's not going to go out void, but it will accomplish everything that he's calling it to do. And if God's calling you to do something, I want you to have the courage. And I want you to have the confidence that it isn't about you. It's about him. Hallelujah. And if he's telling you to do something, just do it and let God roll on and let God do everything he's wanting to do. We're living in a crucial time. I know we could say that, but I really feel We're living in a crucial time where God needs some people who will stand up and obey the word of the Lord and obey the voice of God and do everything he's calling us to do. If he's telling you to say something, say it. If he's telling you to pray for somebody, pray for them. If he's telling you to start a business, start it. If he's telling you to run for political office, run. If he's telling you whatever he's telling you to do, obey the word of the Lord and God's going to bless you. Come on, put your hands together and give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It is important to obey the word of the Lord. I was with Dana this week in Nashville, and she did a two-day conference. She did worship in a two-day conference, and I got to sit there and just be blessed. But we were with two 
of the most, I guess, recognized prophetic voices in America, and it was interesting. And so I got to tour a certain facility uh, that she's worked with for years, and they told me the story of one girl who had come. This is a, this is a girl's home that they help girls who are, you know, having a tough time in life. And they told me, this. listen to this, about the word of the Lord and how important the word of the Lord is. They, they, they showed me this one girl's picture. And they said she came to that home with a first grade education. She'd been horrifically abused. And she was, I think, a teenager, and she had a first grade education. And they found out during her intake process that she could barely write her name. And the director of the home said she would come to the meetings and just pull a hoodie over her face and just hunker down in the chairs. Well, they had this prophetic couple come and minister to them. And the lady called her out and she said, the Lord says you have a brilliant mind. And started prophesying to her about her brilliant mind. And the director of the home said, well, I know this lady's a woman of God, but she's missed it this time. I mean, we all miss it here and there, but she's really missed it. Well, it goes on that they were able to get this girl in schooling that helped her complete her GED. And she completed her GED. And when she took the GED test, she scored the highest that's ever been scored in her state in history. In history. She got scholarship offers from everyone, ended up, I think, going to Middle Tennessee State, and getting a Fulbright scholarship and making a medical discovery that was new to medical science. Because of that, she applied to do Ph.D. doctoral work at every great university in America and was accepted everywhere, Harvard, Yale, Stanford, Princeton. So she went to Harvard and got a Ph.D. I, I, I just had to tell this. Because when God says stuff, even through a prophet, he isn't just blowing smoke, folks. We need to obey the word of the Lord. We need to obey the word of the Lord. Because sometimes when we hear stuff, we can't register it because it seems so far out there. Or seems not. We don't see the full picture, but God sees the full picture. So when he's asking you to do something, it's because he sees the future. He sees the circumstances. He sees your heart. He knows what's best for you in the end. So if God is asking you to do something, how about just go ahead like Joseph, let your feet hit the floor in the morning and say, yes, sir. But you're going to become the talk of the town. I don't care. An angel just showed up in my dreams. And how many of us would have woken up and thought, gosh, that pizza last night. I'm seeing angels, man. No, you got to believe. You have to believe that God still speaks today. And you have to believe that when you obey His Word, that God's going to show up and reward you and do everything that He said He's going to do because you put belief into action. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together and give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Come on, stand on your feet with me. Maybe you're like the, the young boy who was demon-possessed like his dad. You know, Jesus, he came to Jesus. He said, if you can do anything, help my son. Jesus, I, I, this, I'm reading between the lines. Jesus is like, whoa, 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 whoa. If you can just believe. 
But if you can do anything, if you can just believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And then Jesus went over and cast the demons out of that boy, gave him back to his father, and he was completely made whole. And the father responded. He said, Lord, I do believe, but help my unbelief. I feel like that sometimes. God, I do believe, but blow out every bit of unbelief in me. God, I do believe, but blow it all out. Blow it all out. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God can do anything he wants to do. God can do anything he wants to do. God can do anything He wants to do. I just want to build your faith this morning. God can do any. He does everything in this book. Hallelujah. I've seen the sick healed. I've seen blind people see. I've seen people get out of wheelchairs. I've seen cancers healed. Stage 4 totally healed. I've seen uh, shingles completely healed instantaneously. I've seen gold dust appear in services on people, oil pour out of people's hands. I've seen all kinds of stuff. You've come too late to tell me. That my God isn't real and can't do all that stuff. I don't need the theology that binds me down and put, I don't need the religious system that puts me in a box. I believe and I'm gonna obey everything God is saying to my life. Come on, how many do I have on the on the train with me this morning? Come on, how many y'all on the believe train? You can give me a shout out. Hallelujah. Oh Lord, I believe. Come on, shout it out. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. God, I believe. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I've talked a lot about H. Richard Hall and how I was ordained, and and Jack and I were ordained under him for years and years and years. And uh, he went home to be with the Lord over 10 years ago. But he was preaching a meeting years ago in the Bahamas. And there were some brothers in that meeting that I encountered a few years ago. And I asked them about this. This, this night and they all remembered it and Brother Hall said I was preaching one night and they came up to me and they said brother would you pray for a stiff he said I'll pray for anything stiff arms, stiff legs, stiff backs it don't matter so they brought a stiff they brought a corpse and laid a young girl who had died on the front pew And Brother Hall said, I saw that. And he said, every bit of faith ran right out my toes. (laughs) He said, I was like, what? Then he said, this this big brother from the Bahamas got up and started singing, my God can do anything. My God can do anything. Brother Hall said, I felt nothing. And I walked up to that girl and leaned down and said, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And he said she started breathing. And she started breathing. And she sat up. And the girl came back to life. He said, you talk about revival. Can it happen in Elizabeth City? No, no, that's just the Bahamas. That's just the Bahamas. Can it happen in Elizabeth City? No, that's years ago when God was really moving. No, God's still moving today. Jesus Christ the same Yesterday, and if he healed the sick back then, he heals the sick today. If he raised the dead back then, he raises the dead today. If he spoke to people through dreams back then, he speaks to people through dreams today. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Lift your hand. Father, we give you praise this morning. Thank you. Hey, guys, thanks so much for watching and listening to the podcast. And I hope these sermons have been a great blessing 
and source of encouragement to your life. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing today, Jesus is the answer. I can tell you, He is the answer for your life. I'd love to pray with you before we leave here. So if you never accepted Christ into your life, or if you just have a need in your life, let's lift it up to the Lord right now. Come on, pray with me. Lord Jesus, wash me from all sin. I accept you into my life. I repent of all sin and I place you on the throne seat of my heart. Lord, I pray right now, you minister to each and every one who just prayed that short prayer with me. Whatever situation they're facing, give them grace right now. Give them the power they need to get through it, Lord. Give miracle signs and wonders today, Lord, to those listening in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We declare it done in Jesus' name. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in and listening and watching us.